This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye baseball. Eight strikeout for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And welcome back, Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. At Mariners Pod, thanks for being here. As we get ready for what should be a very fun weekend at Safeco Field. Off day yesterday, which felt weird. But back at it tonight as the Mariners take on the Angels for the first of three. So we'll talk about uh, that coming up in just a moment. We'll preview this series. Obviously, no, uh, no games to talk about that happened last night. So we'll preview the series, jump right into there. Also coming up, Shannon Dreher, great conversation with Taiwan Walker. It's funny because we heard one side of a conversation between Chris Archer and Taiwan Walker, and today we'll hear the other side of the conversation. We'll hear the Taiwan Walker perspective. Some pretty good stuff in the conversation I think you'll enjoy. Rick Riz will be here, and he's going to talk to Tony Zick. And it's a really interesting conversation. I'm always fascinated by bullpens and routines and things like that. And Tony Zick in this interview with Rick gives some pretty good insight to what it's like uh, for bullpen guys, especially it's so uncertain. I mean, you could end up pitching three days in a row or have three days in a row off, that sort of thing. But uh, it's good conversation. So that comes up as well. Also, I haven't had a lot of chance. There's been so much We've had to cover in each podcast. I haven't had a lot of time to just sprinkle in some fun and random stuff, but I have some time in this one. I was just thinking about it. As we look at the standings, you see the White Sox uh, towards the top, at the top of the American League at 23 and 12. You see the Mariners right there as well at 21 and 13, and uh, right there at the top with the Red Sox and Baltimore. It was just – I had me thinking about the 2000 playoffs between the Mariners and the White Sox. So coming up at the end, we're going to hear the entire bottom of the ninth Mariners and White Sox game three of the division series when the Mariners clinch the series, when they win the series. So we'll hear the entire bottom of the ninth. I think you'll enjoy it. It's fun. So that comes up at the end of the podcast. But – First things first, the Mariners taking on the Angels for the first of three, and this is a very different-looking Angels team than the last time the Mariners saw them, a team that is really struggling with their pitching. Last night against St. Louis, again, the Cardinals, it was bombs away offensively. And the Angels, now 18 straight games, have had used four or more pitchers in each and every game. They lost the race. Garrett Richards, he's out for the season. Tommy John, 
They lost Andrew Heaney, who I thought was going to be a real key to the rotation this year. One of their uh, good young pitchers in a system that uh, doesn't have a whole lot of depth right now. But they lose him. He has some elbow damage. It looks like he's going to try and rehab it. On top of that, they traded a couple of their young pitching prospects to get their shortstop Simmons, and now he's down for six to eight weeks to compound that. Pennington started at shortstop last night for the Angels. He had to leave the game early. Brendan Ryan, who they just picked up, ended up finishing uh, things up for the Angels. We could see Brendan Ryan start all three games, depending on how hurt Pennington is. But they are a mash unit right now. They're really struggling, especially on the mound. In fact, in game two of the series, as we take a look at the pitching matchups, Shashin's going to start for the Angels. He just is coming over from the Atlanta Braves. He'd been in the Braves rotation. The Angels picked him up. Of course, the Angels in the mix for Tim Lincecum as well. They really need some rotation help. Here's what the matchups will look like. Nathan Carnes, who's been dynamite, will get the ball tonight. 3-1, and one, 3-3-8 ERA. Nick Tropiano's going to take the ball for the Angels. 1-2, 3-6-9 ERA. The Mariners have already seen him this year. And on Saturday... Iwakuma against Shashin, making his Angels debut. Sunday, Felix Hernandez against Hector Santiago. And right now, really, the Mariners get the most stable part of the rotation with Tropiano and Santiago. Santiago, certainly, he's the head of the rotation right now when it's all said and done. So Friday night, tonight, 7-10 first pitch, 6-10 on Saturday, and then 1-10 first pitch on Sunday. I really wanted to give an in-depth Angels preview, so I was kind of waiting out this Cardinals-Angels game that's been going on as I taped this, but it came to the point where I had to stop waiting for it to end. It has been an absolute slugfest, so as I tape this right now, they're still going. It's the bottom of the ninth inning in what has been just a wild game. The Cardinals took an early lead big. Adam Wainwright was on the hill, but he struggled as well. And Jared Weaver got knocked around. So as I tape this, the Cardinals are ahead 12-10 to 10 in the bottom of the ninth inning. The Angels, though, have scored three in the bottom of the ninth, and they have the bases loaded. Rosenthal has walked three, so he just got pulled. Jared Weaver, who has struggled, gave up eight in four innings for the Angels tonight. And they had used a whole barrel full of pitchers. And keep in mind that... They're flying up to Seattle after this game. They're, I don't think they were scheduled to be in until about 3 in the morning, and that was before this game got so late. So very interesting times. They already sent Tropiano up to Seattle, so he's at least they have their starting, uh, starting pitcher here, but the rest of the team, it's going to be a late night, a long night, so that could factor in as the Mariners actually had an off day at home. So a little schedule advantage, Mariners – don't often get schedule advantage, but they do with the Angels coming to town for three. And Angels, though, still a dangerous team offensively. Trout is Trout, and he can win a game single-handedly. And he's been absolutely blazing hot on a base percentage now, creeping towards 400, batting average over 300. He's got plenty of power. Albert Pujols hit a home run last night, his seventh of the season. He is now homered against every team in the big leagues as he took his former team, the St. Louis Cardinals, deep, although I think it was schedule makers' failure. This game really should have been in St. Louis. 
for Albert Pujols, who has not returned to St. Louis yet. They've played the Angels have played the Cardinals a few times, but it keeps being in Los Angeles, in Anaheim. So Pujols has not had a chance to make his return to St. Louis. As far as I know, I don't think he's made his return. So too bad. It would have been a nice story, Pujols returning. Crone has been on fire for the Angels. When the Mariners last saw him, he was batting a buck fifty, but you know, he's I think over four fifty now since then. He had two more hits. In the game last night, Cole Calhoun, he's been blazing too. So the middle of the order can supply some punch and very dangerous. So we'll see what happens in this three-game series. And the Mariners, of course, want to keep the roll going. They've won seven of their past eight series, and the only one they didn't win was a split. So three games this weekend. Hope to see it at Safeco Field. Weather should be beautiful. Felix, of course, on the hill on Sunday. I'm excited to see Carnes again, who has been absolutely outstanding. So right now, let's do this. Let's hand it over to Shannon Dreyer as she had a chance to talk to Taiwan Walker. Taiwan, it's a day before you're going to go out for your start, and this is something neat, and we see it in the game quite often, and we see guys from different teams talking to other guys on different teams, and you've developed a little bit of a relationship with Chris Archer, and uh, there's a little bit of back and forth, and you guys talk about pitching and and whatnot. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, I mean, we've talked before just in the outfield, you know, here and there, Uh, but, uh, you know, Nathan Carnes coming from Tampa, um, you know, I, I just got his number, so we're going to talk a little bit more and uh, a lot about my me working on my slider, and you know, hopefully he can just give me some pointers on how he throws his because he, he has the best slider in baseball, and uh, so hopefully I, I, I can learn a, a couple of things from him. You think he's going to tell you that before you face him tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> probably not. He'll probably wait till after the game tomorrow. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I mean, he's a great, great, great guy. Um, you know, he does a lot for the community and, uh, you know, does a lot for baseball. You know, he's real humble and, uh, you know, he, he just really goes out and plays the game the right way. Now you've been working on that slider and uh, it's just amazing. You don't see guys really working on things during years very much, but yeah. how has that been taking it into games for you? Um, it's getting there. The, the bullpen, it's really good in the bullpen, but I just, you know, I really haven't taken it from the bullpen to the game yet. Um, and that's something I'm working on, you know, I don't really want to think about it too much when I'm pitching in the game, so that's why it's more of a cutter. I just kind of, I've thrown a cutter before, so I just kind of feels natural to throw throw it like a cutter. Um, so, but when I'm in the bullpen, I can actually think about it and think about my hand placement for my slider. And um, but yeah, I mean, once once I get it, once it gets comfortable and it just get, becomes natural, you know, I can be able to take it to the game. And that's just like a hitter. Once you get up there, you don't want to be thinking about a mechanic. I take it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, once you get up, you know, once you get up to the player on the mound, you just want to forget everything you've been working on and kind of just do what's natural and just, and just kind of just go with the flow, I guess. What do you take from last year that you've taken into this year and you're like, okay, I've got that now? What's kind of an example? Um, just being aggressive, going after hitters, not not walking anyone, and um, I think just really trusting my off-speed pitches. I think that's been pretty huge, keeping the hitters off balance. Um, you know, I worked on a curveball during spring training. I think it's been a huge pitch for me this year, even though, you know, sometimes I won't throw it for strikes, but just the fact I can show it and throw it for strikes here and there, uh, but it just really keeps them off the fastball. Do you still have two different curveballs? No, I just got one curveball. It's a regular curveball. Um, it's weird because I was working. I worked on the spike the whole entire spring training, and like a week before the, the season was supposed to start, I switched it up and it just clicked and it just started working. I was like, "Oh, this is weird," but whatever. But I think in part that has to do with me throwing a slider because the slider is almost the same. And kind of, you know, I want to think 
with my slider early, I wanted to think curveball with my slider. I feel like that kind of helped out a little bit. You talked in spring training about watching Hisashi Iwakuma and learning yeah. things from him. What about other teammates? Who else do you watch? You know, I watch Felix, Carnes, uh, Miley, and, you know, we're all different pitchers. You know, there's not one person who's going to be the same pitcher as another. Uh, but we can take from them how they set up hitters, what they do in different counts, um, how they use their breaking pitches, you know, how they pitch inside and stuff like that. So you just take the little stuff from each of them and you kind of just watch what they do. And, um, you know, and how they uh, approach the hitters and stuff. I know in talking to the skipper in spring, he wanted you guys talking to each other more and sharing experiences. Is, is that going on right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I feel like it, it definitely shows. You know, we're playing really good baseball. We're playing really good team baseball. And, um, and I think that's part of, you know, kind of the message he preached. You know, he wanted everyone to come close together and, you know, really bond with each other and just have fun, and that's what we've been doing. Oh, it's been great to see Taiwan. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And here's Rick Riz with Tony Zick. What does it take to be a good reliever, you know, at this level? Um, I say the biggest thing is just routine, you know, uh, figuring out what works for you, watching veteran guys, watching guys that have success in the game and trying to put together your own routine. So when you come to the park each day, you kind of can, you know, have your own checklist and get those things done and, and work on stuff every day to keep, to keep your uh, – momentum going or, or what have you and, and and just really big on, on finding the routine so what is your routine as far as getting ready because you might pitch three days in a row you can go four days in a row without pitching so how do you find that routine and what is it basically for me I just try to no matter what it is it, it changes every now and then but I just try to keep it consistent like let's say for example right now I'm just coming to the park you know getting to the weight room getting to the training the training room and do my stretches and, and stuff along that nature and play catch about the same distance each day. Um, focus on my pitches, close in, and, and throw a little flat ground. You know, I would say 90% of the time throwing a flat ground to finish up just to stay um, consistent with, with pitches and whatnot. And then um, taking it into the game. Obviously, you don't know if you're going to get in or not, so you, you got to try to stay ready either way. In a close ball game, you're going along fifth inning, sixth inning, seventh inning. You're usually in there in the seventh or the eighth inning. What What is your mindset down there in the bullpen? And you're watching different hitters come up from the opposition of thinking, okay, I'm going to get in here or beside, before the phone rings and says, Tony, start warming up. Yeah, you know, you just kind of get a sense of, of how the game's going. We kind of all know roughly where we, where we go in the game, so – you know, about the fifth, fourth, fifth inning, depending on how the starter's doing, we start to focus up. I do a little stretch routine down there in the fifth, start to lock in, and and obviously I know a couple guys that may be my hotter guys that I might be facing right. uh, each night. But mostly just try to stay in that routine so either way you're prepared for it and you don't get thrown off, you know, oh, I'm in right now. No, you, you know, I try to keep that the same every day. Like I said, that fifth inning stretch is the big lock-in factor for me. When you come in a ball game, usually you come in, there's some trouble going on, maybe some runners on base. What's the key for a good reliever with uh, with runners on base? Obviously, there's certain certain situations where you got to be smart, but you don't want to let it affect your p- pitching ability and your right. pitches. Like I want to come in and attack guys, and and I'm going to throw my stuff in the zone. You can't you can't be scared that there's a guy on because, you know, if you make your pitch usually the result's going to be positive. You know, if you don't make your pitch is when they're going to get those runs. But if you're 
worried about the situation you're in, I feel like that's when you're more liable to make a bad pitch. So mostly just, just stay focused. Don't try to do more and, and just try to make your pitches in those situations. Mission with Tony Zick here on Rick's Tips. And Tony, seems like every reliever at one time, obviously, was a starter. When did that transition happen for you from a starter to a reliever? I actually was never a starter. Never? Never. I started a few games uh, in high school, what have you. In college, I went in as a two-way guy uh, closer. So, yeah, I was actually never – I mean, there was a couple experiments where where mine was actually backwards. They were experiments to see if I could start. start. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, like I said, I was a two-way guy. I never really had that tra- transition. I managed to start a few games in college and start a few games along the road. Obviously, I started a game last year in the big leagues. That was – I think that was my first start in like seven years yeah. at that point. Yeah, I never really had that big transition. So to me, it's just been learning the pen. I've always been comfortable in the bullpen, being a closer in college, and I closed in high school. So it was just part of what I what I grew up doing, I guess. You have a great fastball. How do you generate that arm speed to throw 97 to 100 miles an hour? I, I think a lot of it's just how you play catch. When I play catch, keep the same routine, keep my arm strength up. I do a lot of exercises before. Obviously, there's God-given talent there. We, we all understand that part of it, but I just try to keep it as healthy as I can. And, and I do a lot of stuff to maintain arm strength. And, and obviously, for me, the speed has came out of that. But, you know, for everyone, you, you don't know how it's going to translate, but but the number one thing is just arm care, making sure you're, you're keeping your arm healthy, doing your band exercises or training room exercises, what have you, and then that arm strength turns into speed. I'll tell you what, young man, you're doing a great job down in the bullpen. Keep up the great work, and thanks a lot for being our guest here on Rick's Tips. Absolutely. Thanks very much. And finally, a little fun here. Bottom of the ninth, 2000 ALDS Mariners and White Sox. Well, we go to the bottom of the ninth, and Kelly Bunch will take over on the mound and work to John Olerud. And the first pitch to Olerud is low and inside. Ball one, one ball and no strikes. And the slender left-handers, 1-0 pitch on the way inside again. Ball two. Two balls and no strikes the count. What a ball game. Olerud. Has walked twice. He has popped to left field. The White Sox on the brink of extinction. If the Mariners score a run, their season is over. Now the left-hander ready and the 2-0 pitch on the way. Strike on the inside corner, 2-1. and one. On John Olerud. Stan Javier is on deck. And the 2-0 pitch now. Olerud takes high and outside. Ball three. Three balls in the strike. Now John going to be looking for a fastball. And John going to be looking for something maybe over that Boeing sign to send everybody into an absolute frenzy. The 3-1 pitch to John Olerud. Swung on. Line drive off the midsection of Vunch. He picks it up. His throw to first base. He throws it down the right field line. Olerud to second base. And he'll stand there in scoring position with nobody out. Kelly Vunch down. Both on his, both knees. His head buried in his hands. 
as he slipped and fell, making the throw, and he threw it away. And the Mariners have a runner in scoring position. As Bunch tried to hurry his throw, he did and threw it away. And the Mariners get a huge break, and now Javier undoubtedly will be up there to sacrifice. And you'll see a pinch runner for John Olerud, I believe. John, the winning run out there at second base, but Bunch took a shot. Not exactly sure where it got him. I think off his bread basket, but Bunch is coming out of the ball game. This shot came right back at him and hit him, I think, on his left arm or his left side. The ball ricocheted toward that third base line. He tried to spin around and going after the ball, but he kicked it away, retrieved it. The throw getting on by Frank Thomas, and Olerud is able to wind up at second base. So that's it. For Kelly Bunch, the Mariners have the winning run at second. It's amazing what an athlete does when he has to when he's still hurt. And he had to do that while obviously in excruciating pain, make the play. He couldn't make the play, he threw it away. Change is made, we'll take this timeout. Well, here we go, run around at second base is now Ricky Henderson. He'll pinch run for John Olerud. John to the dugout, high fives from his teammates. That infield base hit, he wound up on at second when the throw by the pitcher, the injured pitcher, Kelly Bunch, got on by Frank Thomas. So the winning run is at second, a 1-1 tie, bottom of the ninth inning, and the new pitcher is the White Sox closer, Keith Folk, on in relief. Folk, 3-1. With a 2.970 ERA, he appeared in 72 ball games and had 34 saves. So the Mariners with a chance and opportunity to win it here in the bottom of the ninth inning. And wrap it up in three, here is Stan Javier against Keith Folk. So Ricky Henderson represents uh, the chance for the Mariners to play for the American League gonfalon, the pennant, the flag, you know what I mean. If Ricky scores, the Mariners will await the outcome of the A's-Yankees game the series not the game tonight because nothing's going to be decided tonight but one game here's Javier around to bunt the pitch on the way he does bunt down the third baseline perfect picked up there throw to first in time so the sacrifice Raffinino throws out Stan Javier and the Mariners are 90 feet away from playing for the American League Championship as Ricky Henderson stands down at third base the perfect bunt by Stan Javier would Lou Pinella dare squeeze for the American League chance to, to play for the American League championship? Would he dare do that? I think he would dare. I don't know because defensively, everybody's got him coming close for a plate yeah. to plate. The infield is going to be close all the way around. Even the outfielders are in close right now. It just takes one healthy swing, one healthy fly ball to win it for the Mariners here in the bottom of the ninth inning to win this division series. Now everybody, uh, not a, hardly a soul seated. I don't think there is a soul seated here as we look down below. The right-hander has set the delivery on the way, and it's up and in this time. Ball one, one ball, and no strikes the count. Keith Folk staring down. And the ex-giant, his 
1-0 pitch on the way now, and it's a slider low and outside ball two. Two balls and no strikes. Of course, he can try and paint the corners because he's got two bases out there with which to play. Only one man down. Winning run 90 feet away. And now the folk stretch. And Keats 2-0 pitch on the way to David Bell. Very high. Ball three. Three balls and no strikes. And Bell kind of longingly looking down at Larry Boa. If I get a cripple, let me fire away. Let's see. The 3-0 pitch on the way to him now. And he takes very high ball four. So he's on his way to first. And here, that's not going to be Joe Oliver. As we look down on deck, it is going to be the switch hitter making his first appearance in the series will be Carlos Guillen. Guillen will be, of course, up there left-handed, a chance to win it for the Mariners in the bottom half of the ninth. Guillen has not had a plate appearance in the first two games of the series. Oh, what a spot for this kid. A chance to win it. Runners on at first and third and one out. Carlos Guillen swinging the bat very well the last couple of months of the season after that slow start. The quick trip down to Tacoma. Now coming back and he's placed in this situation. 48,000 fans here at Safeco Field ready to go crazy. The winning run only 90 feet away. What a spot right here for Carlos Guillen. The Mariners do not want to have to come back here tomorrow with their bags packed. They don't want to have to pack tonight and think about the possibility of going back to Chicago with a loss tomorrow. They want to have a couple of days off and enjoy watching the playoffs. Here comes the stretch. And folks pitch on the way to Carlos Guillen, and it swung on and popped back and out of play behind home play. Out in front of it a little bit. On one. Ricky Henderson is the Mariners' ticket to the ALCS. He is 90 feet away. Ricky walking down the line, not a big lead. The infield obviously up all the way around and the outfield at to Little League depth. Here comes the stretch and Folk is 0-1 pitch on the way to Carlos. There's a bump up the first baseline. The Mariners are on their way to the American League Championship. A beautiful bump by Carlos Guillen. The Mariners sweep the Chicago White Sox. My, oh my, I don't believe it. The Mariners make the White Sox go down three and out. And now they await the Yankees or the Athletics. And they are four wins away from the big dance for the second time in their history. The Mariners knock off the White Sox two to one in as dramatic a fashion as you would ever want to see. A perfect drag bunt up the first baseline by Carlos Guillen and Ricky Henderson punches the ticket to the ALCS. The Mariners two, the White Sox one.
Oh, Dave, what a finish. A hard blunt wide of Frank Thomas and wide of Durham. Look at the mob out there in right field. The Mariners just gathered around enjoying this division series win as they sweep aside the ball club with the best record in the American League and the second best record in all of baseball. And a crowd of 48,000 plus, it is party time here throughout the Pacific Northwest. What a game and what a finish to sweep aside the White Sox. And now it's on to the American League Championship Series. What a game. That's as pretty a bunt as I have ever seen in as crucial a situation. And the Mariners are on their way to play either the A's or the New York Yankees. And Carlos Guillen is over to be interviewed by the network. I think it's by the Spanish version of ESPN. And that's the biggest hit he has ever had in his life. And believe me, it was a hit. It was a perfect drag bunt up the first baseline. And Ricky Henderson scored easily as the Mariners knock off the Chicago White Sox. What a ball game and 48,000 fans saw themselves a classic, a safe cold field classic. See you later!